All right. Welcome to another episode of the Vast Files. Uh, over the last few weeks, I've had a bunch of fighters sit across in the chair uh, across the table. This fella is uh, is definitely more of a lover than a fighter, and it's his quest for love that has uh, turned him into a bit of a celebrity. He's a knockabout trader. He loves a beer and a surf. He's got a big personality, and he's gone out and done something pretty unique, like go and marry someone he's never met in his life and be a part of Australia's most popular TV show, Married at First Sight, season five, I believe. Since then, he's taken up a little bit of comedy, and he's toured the country with his stand-up shows. Ryan Gallagher, thanks for coming in, mate. How are you? Yeah, hey, Jesus, the best lead-up I've ever had in my life. Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, brought a tear to my actually. <laughs> Jesus, that was really good. Well done. Cheers, mate. Well, you've had a... Um, All fake, but well done. <laughs> yeah. You've had a, a pretty eventful 12 months, mate, You um, and you're still a lot in the pipeline. Mate, how's this whirlwind 12 months uh, been for you? Um, well, going on, going on the show, my parents obviously didn't really flinch at it because they've sort of gotten used to it over the years, like you, doing very silly things, and they've... I won't just say it. I mean, parents, I'm like, I'm getting married. They're like, first sight, like, well, it's not the worst thing you've ever done. Go ahead with it. Dad said, go for it, and I did. Same with my mates. When I told them I was getting married, they, if I had said it was normal, I think that would have been more of a shock than the unnormal side. So, mate, I've always been a yes guy and always jumped at something that's stupid and always been that one to do silly things, and this was definitely bloody one of them, I can assure you. Yeah, why not? Why not, eh? Why die wondering? Just well, I can tell you why not now that I've done it, but yeah. back then I couldn't. But, yeah, no, I married a... Uh, a uh, lovely woman. <laughs> well, mate, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, how, how did it all come back? I know we. I met you down River Beach, mate. You're a you know tradie installing roller doors. Did a bit of work with you. H- how did it go from there? Someone who I thought always oh, did pretty well. The ladies, mate. You you never seen too fast to uh, to jump onto this show, which yeah was a pretty out there concept. And uh, yeah, when take, take asked, it by the horns. When I got asked, I um. I said no. I said yes because they asked me at uh, the Bondi Pavilion, uh, Maribor Pavilion. Yeah. Oh, fucking Maribor! Oh, Jesus! Uh, the <laughs> Coogee Path, and I, um, I didn't. I was absolutely pissed as a fart, and I hit on this girl, and she just happened to be married. And uh, she said, "Sorry, I'm married." I said, "Oh, look, I didn't realise. Sorry about that." She goes, "But I'm a producer on a TV show," and I was like, "Oh, god, that sounds good." She goes, "Would you be interested?" And I was like, oh, "Yeah, no worries." <laughs> Blind as I was, I said yes, and they called me on the Tuesday after, and I went, oh, no, God, no, I'm not doing that, no, thank you, totally pulled out of it, hung up, never be heard again, and then a year later, they called me and said, what about now, and I was like, well, you know what, I'm still single, still stupid, I'm going to do it, so I was married within four weeks of saying yes. Is that how the turnaround was? It was, yeah, that's why now I get so many people sending me messages on Instagram that saying, oh, I've been accepted on the show, I'm going on, have you got any advice, and I just... Like I've had fifty of them. Like no, why? Yeah, they have so many people which they get ready, but they don't actually choose till the end. Because obviously, if they find someone real late that obviously has a personality they want, they don't lock anyone in. There was, I think there was me and another bloke who was. They found Davina first, and they found me obviously, but they'd already had a bloke for Dav. Mm. And then both of us had our suit fittings done, and they tossed him. So he got to keep his suit at least. But um, they told him that, oh, from what I heard, that uh, his girl had pulled out, but. I think he was actually supposed to be with Dav. No way. Well, he I, dodged a bullet. I wish Good he on you, did. mate. <laughs> Bastard, I wish he took it. Bloody well, hell. I was going to ask you that, like, your advice to people, not only, like, like you've said, you've been approached by a lot of potential people who want to go on the show mm. and your advice towards it, but just jumping totally into the unknown, whether it be, like, a career opportunity, might be love, might be travel, like, just jumping into the unknown and having a crack at it, just not knowing where it's going to take you, 
What would your advice on that? Like, you know, because what, what you've did is a, is a you know prime example of that. Yeah, as long as it's not a felony, do it. Yeah, yeah. Feeling like you're stealing a car, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. No, I, I did naked dating on Kyle and Jack before that as well, and that was I got asked as a producer in uh, Mar- not a producer. She was a, a uh, journalist in uh, Maroubra, and she worked for Colin Jack, and she said. Oh, Heard at the uh, studio they were looking for people, and of course I came to mind. I think you would have been right up there as well. Um, who likes to get his kid off when he's had a few beers? And uh, they asked me, and I said, "Yeah, no, what, bloody, I'll do it. No worries." So I did that, and I think that's what they watched before I went on the show and thought, "Yeah, we need him." But they did a th- outtake as well on the show, which was like an up late thing, and it was just me naked half the time. The producers saw my knob, I reckon, more than what they did their own partner. So, uh, well, right. yes, a little intro into it. Eh? That's how you got them on the radar. Well, I've never been shy. So I, I guess, like you said, big personalities. I think with that show, everyone on there, that show had their own big personality, whether mm. it was in a totally different way. That's what makes a show. Like, yeah, they. at the end of the day when everyone says, oh, well, you didn't work out and everything, at the end of the day, it's not what they need. They, they produce drama they and got bums on seats and eyes uh, across it. We, we knew that going into it. So anyone that's upset of that now, like you, did, you signed up to make a show. You didn't sign up to live happily ever after with 10 kids the rest of your life. It's not what you... They wanted, and I mean, they made you believe that though. I thought it was all about laughter sure and fairy tale endings. At the start, they they make it feel like it's the the um the realest wedding you can you can do. Like they're like you're getting married, yeah, it's real, it's it's everything, and you literally fall for it. What's the what's the, the strike rate? The percentage says anyone ever coming out of that, and um you know kicked on the kids and the happily happily ever after. Uh, the strike rate's going about as good as Parramatta Eels at the moment. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. They're absolutely dreadful. I think the Parramatta Eels are actually bringing in the experts because even they've got a better success rate than what they do this year, actually. Well, mate, I was saying it to you. Um, you know, we just had Grace. We're living in a one-bedroom apartment. The telly was too noisy, so that's the one show that I've probably watched in the last two years. Me and the missus would run out and watch it on our iPhones and just obviously because you were on it. But the producers did do an amazing job at creating the different characters, the personalities, pairing them up. You know, you had some really big personalities like yourself. You had some quieter ones, some older ones, younger ones. And the drama that show produced was, uh, mate, it was just, you get hooked straight away. What was it like going through that and being a part of it in amongst it? Not just your own relationship, but being, you know, around the others and seeing what's going on and leaning on people's shoulders and having them lean on yours and all the rest of it. Well, don't blame me for the uh, for the no TV because the last things my voice has ever done is put a child to sleep. <laughs> Two noises it is. Um, it was very interesting actually to watch where people before the show had started where we just met and you realise you meet the real them and then when the show finishes and what they turn into once the sort of media and all that comes into it. A lot of us did say the same but a few didn't. Mm. Uh, there's a few there that definitely got lost in the media and the spotlight and still are. But I um that was the most interesting. But during filming, you literally you you're in a unit. So you're on um you've got two levels at the Meriton, which you live in with your partner. And uh, obviously they've got I think it's eight rooms per floor, and obviously you've got bottom and the top one and you're not allowed to see each other during the week. So you're not allowed to mingle so they save it all for camera. So when you see each other, like that's why Dean did what he did when he took me misses. We'd only met once, and it was like fifteen minutes. It's not like we're best mates or anything. So I don't blame him for that. It was like he knows he did a shit thing, and that's what happened. I think anyone to blame it's Dav because she knew me well enough. She shouldn't have done it. Mm. So to go just go in on that, if people haven't seen the show, no, don't. Everyone knows a concept, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of the show, and Ron was obviously on there. And it tells what happened with you 
yourself, your wife, you're married to Vina, you never met, and then another contestant, Dean, who was married to another wife. It was pretty much the, the talking point of the whole show, a whole season. Um, just make, give us a quick recap. Well, I I, and I married a lady called uh, Davina, lovely specimen, and uh, Dean married a, a woman called uh, Tracy, with Botox on legs. <laughs> and um, anyway, uh, Dean and Dav thought they were a better matched and were texting each other behind our backs and. The day me and Davina went to Bondi Inc. and got tattoos, uh, matching ones together, she decided she was going to tell me that night that her and Dean were running off together. So it was very convenient of her. And, mm. um, yeah, I got two massive tats, which they can't see there and there, of her, and thought about getting the whole actual arm removed, but not just the tats. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the tats. Yeah, I, oh, I haven't. <laughs> I look at them every day. doesn't bother me, though. I've got a few X's on that arm, actually, and I've got my old fella done as well, so I've got a few tats there that are... Ones yeah. I have regretted, which yeah. I... There'll be more, and there'll be more. Yeah, You're going to Bali tomorrow, so yeah. you know, that's, that's a birthplace of bad tats. Dead right, I was going to get my gut finished over there. <laughs> so a few more beers, my gut will be even bigger. <laughs> and it's funny, because you're going to Bali with Dean, who Bali, was Dean. a bloke who pinched your wife <laughs> or on the show. So well, obviously since then, you obviously spent a lot of time with each other, like with you know, promotional yeah. staff, charity events. I've seen you doing lots of functions. So actually, you've got on really well on the show, not so much, but after the show, you get on and, and now you're off to Bali, mate. So. We, um, me and Dean absolutely hated each other on the show, as everyone would know that watched it. But when we finished filming, there was a three-month wait before it aired, and we went in to do a commercial at Channel 9, and we got put in the – he was in a green room, and I walked in with the Channel 9 – person taking us there the minder when i walked in it was just him and i was like oh crap and i was like we haven't spoken since since i called him what all those names and pretty much stumbled mm. out and um i just went look i didn't come on the show to make an enemy put my hand out shook hands with him ever since he's uh, actually a really good guy big yeah. heart loves his bibles too he's a big bible reader dead set yeah no one picks that he actually goes to bible study every sunday and reads oh there you well, go. he had his mum passed away uh, almost two years ago and he was in a really lost uh stage and he literally had no help and he just went into a church and they helped him and he said it's the best thing he's ever done. So it helped him get through something that was very difficult in his life and that's, that's why it stuck, I guess. And good on him. At least he got out of it on the other end. So Bible studies in Cuda? I don't think I can hold the- a Bible. I'd turn to ash. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't walk into a church. I'll have to get married. Oh, lucky I didn't get married in a church. But yeah, no, I don't think a church will have me after my uh, antics. So, um, mate, what, what's been the turnaround through, you know, just been a normal punter, tradie, going through his whole married at first sight, you know, whirlwind. What was life before and after? How's it all changed, mate? And you, you enjoying the whole process? You know, I know the answer. You, I'm, I'm sure you haven't regretted a thing and you would you yeah. do it all again tomorrow. But uh, mate, what, what's some, been some of the biggest changes? Well, people don't know, before the show, I was a tradie. I yeah. started, um, my company when I was 19 and that was doing window roller shutters, which uh, you'd know because we used to work together <laughs> and uh, Vass helped me a lot. Um, so I started that when I was 19 and I'd been doing it for 10 years almost and I was over it. I was yeah. bloody over it. It was long hours, very stressful and I just, I, I wanted to find a different career and that's why I think the end result was me going on that show. I couldn't have my company because I was on filming for three months non-stop where you couldn't, I couldn't be on call. And when I came to thinking about it, I thought, bugger it, I want to do other things and that was the end, end result. I thought that this is the time to do it. This is the it came at perfect timing. It's it's a um, it's a godsend really. So I, not religious at all. Mm-hmm. So I um I just jumped it. Or bugger it. Folded my company. Went straight on, and um never looked back. Now I mean the show was a bit shit for me, yeah. But in the end, I, I'm now doing something I absolutely love. The way I look at it is, it's like a gay person who comes out of the closet and now they're themselves. Yeah. Me working on that site and stuff, I couldn't really be myself. I was always wild and, and sort of like um, 
talked a lot, but I have to act, act, uh, act professional around like clients and stuff. Now I can just be that total dickhead on stage and get paid <laughs> to do it. So I, I, that's the way I look at it. That's the best description. That so terrible not, description. Not out of that. I'm yeah. still in the closet with that one. Definitely not coming out of the closet. Anytime soon, Came out, sure. out of the roller door. That's no. it. Not, out of the, not out of the closet. Yeah, not coming out of the out of the closet. I'm afraid. Sorry. But back on the or show, listeners. There, there were so many huge like personalities. Yeah. What you actually saw happening and what did happen back, like you know, behind the cameras when the cameras off, the dynamics between the couples. Was it different to what you saw on air or was it a pretty accurate representation of what was going on? The one thing I always get asked is, uh, was it scripted? Mm. Everyone asks me if it's scripted. Not one bit. Not one bit. All that drama and stuff happens, happens. It's not... The they dinner put parties. In, yeah, yeah. that's right. They put you in situations where you're at a table where you've got piss at, like there. So you, you're having a few drinks and naturally you just start talking and, and you've got, I think, eight cameras around you, but you forget they're there. Mm. The lights look down, they don't look out, so you can never see them there and you literally forget. There was one night where Justin, the millionaire, um, he uh, got a bit blind and he uh, put a ciggy behind his ear and he was sitting there and he started playing with one of the camera screens and they're like, hey, and they had to stop the film and they're like, you do anything like this and he's just pissed as a parrot. And he's like, do anything like this and, and you're gone. And anyway, back on the go, he puts a cig in his mouth and tries to light it. And he's Mrs. Carl, he's trying, he's like, Aah! and he, yeah, he got turfed. So uh, he, uh, he was back next week, I think he was allowed two drinks. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, no, everyone on the show, I get along with pretty much everyone now. We, we, um, we do keep in touch. A few have faded away, but a lot of them, um, a lot of them are still very close with. Yeah, yeah. We went through, it's like going to school camp together or whatever. You meet each other on the side and you become mates because you went through an experience together. Yeah, pretty unique experience at that. Well, yeah, it's like going through an earthquake with someone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, that was a bloody, that was a natural disaster if any was there. Uh, so like I know I asked you previously, but is that all those all the couples are, are no longer? Is it? Yeah, I think all the couples are no longer from all five seasons. Dead set. <laughs> There's one couple there still together, and that's Troy and Carly. But they actually weren't matched together. They swapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. If I've ever seen one, but still yeah. is. Fuck, it's a, it's a real concept, mate, and it's. I know, well, I it works. Sort of, well, mate, it works in terms of viewers. No, yeah, that's right. That's all they it. want. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they make millions and millions and millions out of it, so they couldn't give a crap whether I'm happy or not. And they got the, yeah, they got the whoever picked their couples and picked the characters to be on it, they're doing good jobs because yeah, it's, I it's see. always action <laughs> The experts we get along with as well. We uh, had a drink with Johnny at the, the Logies and we give him so much crap because like we always do as a, as a joke, saying, oh, thanks for what you did and everything else. But end of the day, I mean, they, but if you actually look at... When they did matches, if you have a look, like my naked dating video, which they would have watched before and put me with Dav where she's out there, it actually looks like it probably would work. But I'm not that person all the time. She is that person all the time. Yeah, so right. I think they just got the wrong side of me and they thought I was going to be something else. That or they didn't, I don't bloody know, but it didn't work either way. <laughs> the show went bonkers, eh? Like you were, mm. Was it up there with what, the, the, the highest rating TV yeah. show? got 1.8 million. Yeah, yours. right. And was that... that, was that that, well, that, that beat the block. Compared to what's that? Beat everything. Yeah, it right. beats the block finale, Big Brother finales, anything they've had. The beat, there was, the, the viewers on it were just incredible. It's yeah. it's the biggest um, uh, reality TV in the last 10 years, Damn. which is, when we went on it, I didn't know it was anything like this. I'd watched the actual show from season four on my iPad while we were on Arlington. Mm. I'd never seen it before. So when I went on to this, I didn't know, well, I don't think the season before was anywhere near as big as this one either. Well, did you watch it? Mate, I know I knew of it. I didn't. I didn't watch it, but I, I, I did know the concept. So when I seen, when I heard what you're like, you know, what you're oh, on, about, I knew what people were talking about because I, you know, I was working with mates. They're going, Ryan's on the next, you know, married at first sight. And I'm like, yeah, fine. And I just knew straight away that, you know, 
I'm not doubting it for sure that's something you would do. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this whole season, you know. Told the missus, obviously, your missus knows you. Did you so, watch it with headphones on? So Grace, you can make yeah, up. Yeah, one earphone each. <laughs> yeah, it could be too late. Like I said, it's one better. We don't want to wait the little one. But um, geez, thank you. That's very. That's a that's a commitment there. Yeah, yeah thank it you. was, mate. It was it was fun to watch. And like I said, once I heard you know whispers, that's your honor. I didn't doubt it for a second. But you had no idea that it was going to blow up to what it did. I mean, like you said, it was the most successful season and just fucking took over. Everything. I like when I when I first went on, obviously folding the company. I thought when it came off, I was going to move to Queensland to get a job and stuff. And then when I left the show and started doing comedy, I was like, the first comedy thing I ever did was the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And um, I got reached out to by a, a bloke called Matthew Hardy, who was a comedian from the 90s and 2000s, early, and he, he's very successful at it, very good. And he said, because um, I dropped a few, obviously, a bit of a uh, few witty things on there, and he said, you interested in doing comedy? And I've been writing jokes for a long time, and I was like, you know what, I've been wanting to do that for a bloody long time. And he goes, well, I've got, the, I've got a spot for you if you want it. And I was like, beauty, we'll do that. I thought it was an open mic night, go have a go. 700 people. That's it. So I got, and I was with Reese Nicholson, in the deep end little again. guys, um, Lawrence Mooney, uh, Peter Martin, uh, yeah, Peter, Tony Martin, um, just all these famous comedians, and then there's just old Ryan, Luke McGregor, and uh, so yeah, got pushed out on stage, and buddy did it, and then they offered me a tour, and I was like, you ripper. But now I look at the first one I did, and to now, it's just the biggest change. Getting stage time is just such a key thing and Husey told me as well he said just go and do little little events little open mic nights and test jokes he said just keep your stage time up like anything it's like experience I guess like getting amateur fights under your belt you know there's little there's little open mics as many of them under your belt yep. as you can well it's, it's training in a way yeah like you train every week for fighting it's the and same every perfecting, day perfecting your craft slowly and slowly well I had two weeks off I performed on Wednesday and I felt it even just in those two weeks like I didn't I, I felt comfortable I always feel comfortable on stage but yeah. I sort of just didn't feel like uh I don't know, I had to like sort of really overthink me jokes. Like, I, I, I wasn't supposed to even perform. I went to watch an act and uh, six acts and the first two didn't turn up. So they asked me, would you step in? So I did. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I had nothing prepared. And when I do hour-long shows, or I did 10 minutes that night, an hour-long show is a long time. That's a lot of jokes. I have cheat notes. So there's, you know, like when bands sing, they've got backing speakers. Yeah. Well, they stick them to that. So it's like a one word, like one will say come face or something. So that'll yeah. trigger the joke. And that's how you know when to say it. And it was one in Perth. Um, it was in the front row and the stage was almost level. And those front row seats were pretty close. And this chick was pissed as a parrot when I was on the show. And I had a go at her. Well, not a go at her, but I had a bit of a fun with her. And then at the end of the show, I said, oh, you see you later. And she leaned over, ripped off all my cheat notes and ran. She just took them with her. I had another show to do straight after. I had to retype the whole lot. <laughs> Bloody, she was pissed as a parrot. Left half it there, stuck, and just ripped what she could and just absolutely bolted. I had another one in uh, Adelaide where I had all my cheat notes in my, in my green room. With um, I left my phone and everything in there. Went downstairs to get um, two of my mates from Adelaide from the show, Sean and Jesse. And uh, well, Jesse was from season four. And when I came back up, like ten minutes later, my notes were gone, and there was a note left by her saying, "Call me and all this other things." She stole my cheat notes. My phone was still there. I don't know if she tried to go through it, but got your cheat notes as ransom. Yeah, just ransom. I've had some weird things, man. I had Virgin stewardess. I gave him a jacket to hang, and when I came back, there was a note Bobby pinned to me jacket from her. Call me. I've had some weird things. Well, imagine because throughout the whole show, mate, me, I reckon you came out of it looking, looking good, mate. Looking mate. Better I, than what I, you thought I, I was like, going to. Well, <laughs> in terms of what we got thrown at you, mate, you, you handled it pretty well. Mm. You took the piss out of yourself like you always do, and obviously that's why you know, you, you've, you've just warmed the comedy so well because you, yeah, you, you laugh at yourself. You don't take life too seriously, but um, 
Mate, I could imagine that there'll be uh, no shortage of, of Sheila's trying to say good day after the show. But I, I mean, I've always, as you know, I talk to bloody everyone, so I've never had a problem with anyone come up and talk to me, and I've always given everyone the time of the day before and after. The way I look at it is, my life's changed, but I haven't. Yeah. And a lot of people, which I've seen, well, not a lot, there's a few from the show that have, and you can easily see how you can, but I just naturally just, I love talking to people. I'm always going to, I don't ever snob anyone in my life, so... The only time I get a lot of, um, I reckon when I was on the show, message requests, probably 20,000 of those, I reckon. But I used to go through them, but if they looked disabled or needed a bit of hand, I'd write back or Mm. or, or anything. But the others, they're just like, I want to root it all out. (laughs) I didn't bother writing back to them. That used to be me sending them. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so I, um, yeah, I I, I give everyone the time of the day. And the the girls are actually the best because when you're out in the piss, Women like to come up, ask for a photo or whatever and a bit of a chat and then they piss off. Mm. Guys come up, ask for a photo and they leech off you and just want to keep drinking with you the rest of the <laughs> night. And I'm too nice to tell them to piss off. So my mates get the shits. And um, no, I, yeah, that's that's the only one. The blokes are actually worse than the girls. A lot of them say they blame their missus for watching it. Like, you got a girlfriend like, nah. <laughs> I ain't up <laughs> to it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't give a crap. I, I don't watch reality TV, but I used to love Big Brother. Yeah. And I remember when I used to see the Big Brother people, I was like, yeah, so I can imagine what they're thinking like. I'm just an ordinary dickhead, but it's someone from TV, so it's sort of like you see them on there, then in Flash there's a bit of a difference. <laughs> Going to the Logies, I was, I don't know if I was really like that. I wasn't really freaked out by faces anymore, but the only one I was was Sean McAuliffe. You remember Full Frontal? Yeah, a bit of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, well, he, I, I got to meet him when I, at Logies, and he was why I like comedy. Yeah. Full frontal was was me. Mate, it's the best. There Full. you go. And that's seeing him was like child. Dale, I said pet. I said yeah. Dale. <laughs> yeah, that's that was it. Magda and. Um... That's it. Magda and uh, the other one was Julia Morris. Yeah, met her yeah. as well. And she was like, oh, like she's still all that stuff. That's like the vintage Aussie comedy. Well, that's what we grew up on. Yeah. Was, Full frontal was every Thursday, and then fast forward was before that. Con the Fredera. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought Molly Kerrigan like. Just was a, one of the funniest characters on TV, and you couldn't understand what he was saying. You, you couldn't understand a word he was actually saying. <laughs> he was great. And that's why I said to him straight. I got him to do it for me. That's what I end up looking like when I finish fighting. <laughs> that's what uh, you look like now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you're relaxed. So yeah, has there been any weird moments after the show? Like you know, saying, have you been obviously you don't get starstruck too too oh. often, but Sean McAuliffe sort of. Gave you a bit of, bit of star, starstruck, but have you been any in, interactions or you just gone, wow, that was heard, that was weird? Well, I used to, after the show, you do things called club appearances where you like they pay you just to go drink with them, really, and you yep. just, basically it's just a bunch of girls going absolutely bazarrack. Well, I don't know. And um, I did this one at uh, the Woolshed in in Adelaide. It's known as quite a wild place. Well, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I'm having a beer, and just I walked in, first crowd again, it's chicken and goes, where are you on a hen's night? And just boots a beer straight out of my hand. Yeah. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I was like, I'm not really in. I'm not damn. I'm not pissed. Like, can you just let me be a bit? And shit, they got the shits. Anyway, then I walked in. I went into, like, the dance part later to get on the mic or whatever. Went in the crowd. They ripped my shirt off me, and someone tipped a whole jug over me fucking head. Whoops, swore again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, over me bloody head. So that was that was. What's this place one. called? The Bullshed. Yeah, I'll put that one down. Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, the Bullshed. <laughs> and then must, I, must see. Well, I did another one in Mildura in New South Wales, and they've never paid me. <laughs> yeah. So that, we'll give, them, give them a plug. All right. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Doms at uh, Mildura, you <laughs> bastards. Oh, shit. So that was uh, the weirdest one, though. We've had, had oh, Telv. We went to uh, Crown Casino in Melbourne. Because Telv, because I guess out through the show, Telv you might have found love 
really with the you know your prospect wife, but you found love in a way with Telv. We were all going to get a tat saying mates at first sight. There you go, mates. We, yeah, we got it. That'll happen in Bali. Bali. <laughs> exactly, in a couple of days. Literally, I think we're going to get a ton. Yeah. But Telv and I were at, in uh, Sanskrit. <laughs> Telv and I were at Crown Casino. Actually, I'll tell you a story that no one knows about this. Telv and I uh, were on the show, and we went to the casino with Troy. Uh, Telv, D, uh, Troy, Telv, and Sean, lesbian looking Sean. Yeah, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen, he, he D. And uh, we went to the casino, and uh, Troy got rung by his missus saying, Be owned by eight. She was owned by eight. Then uh, Tracy got hold of, oh no, it wasn't Sean, was with not Tracy at that point. He was with, uh, with Blair. Blair said, Get home. So he went home about nine. And then Telv and I got home at 9.30, and that was AM. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so we went home the next morning. We stayed at the casino all night. Anyway, I um I'd already left the show, so I ended up back at the back at the unit. I'd already been kicked off. I ended yeah. up left two weeks ago, so we went back on. They're still filming. Anyway, Tell was that pissed. I slept in his bed with him. He was that pissed. He got on Deliveroo and ordered breakfast, but he ordered it for two. And I went to Sarah's room, <laughs> and she's like, "He's cheating on me." She's, she's rung the producers. They've come in with their room key, gone in Tell's room, and they've seen him with someone else. They've gone, "Oh," and opened it. It's me. <laughs> like. What are you doing back here? A little plot it twist. Smelt like a brewery. We'd slept for about forty minutes. Like we were blind, right. and um, they made me stay there all day until I could leave because they were worried about me because we we're that pissed. That's it. And the, the room smelt. We've got photos of us smiling and everything. Like we had a minder mining us all day. It was um full on. But anyway, me and Tell were at Crowd Casino, and um, he went in for a piss, and I was waiting for him. He comes out like looks like he just seen a ghost, and I was like, "What's wrong?" And he goes. You never, you never believe what's happening there. I was like, oh, do I want to know? Is there a glory hole? And he goes, yeah. no. This bloke just comes up, turns me one piss, he goes, piss on me. And I was like, holy crap. And I, I go, which one? He said, there's a bloke with a hoodie on. And I said, yeah, he walked past me and I was waiting here. He goes, my yeah. piss. He goes, pee on me, pee on me with his hands in a cup. Tell walked out like, Tell dropped him. Tell just went whack and punched him straight in the face. Fuck, I don't know. What are I doing in that situation? I'd piss on him. <laughs> I'd say pee on me. <laughs> <laughs> you first. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Well, this there one just go. took a real slider. <laughs> Is it? You'll take them back now, more beers for you, Ryan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that was uh Oh Dean and I, oh Dean, the best one we did was we did an appearance when we first left the show and um it was a place it was out west of it was like I think a Mount Druid of Melbourne, and we got told watch out there, it's bad. But when we went in, got treated like absolute rock stars, had our own bouncer each, everything. And, um, oh, shit, I don't know if I can tell this actually. Well, you should, mate, you've started. You've started. <laughs> no, I've started. Commit, Ryan, commit. A bit more choke, it'll start. And uh, so, I, yeah, we went there. Anyway, we had our own, we had, we were like, had our own booting next to the DJ, and then they're like, do you want it? Last time we had uh, Little Bowie, who, do you want your own room out the back? And we're like, Little Bow had it. Yeah, we do. Went out the back. It was like a whole other club. And they're like, here's 30 wristbands. Go find 30 girls and bring them out the back. We're like, done. You're at your own DJ, own bar. Everything's free, everything. We did that. Got 30 out there and we were that pissed, man. I left at, oh, shit. I reckon I kicked, I left at four. Dean apparently stayed till 5.30. So uh, that was an experience for the first time I've married at first sight. And I was like, well, this is, uh, thought I was going to be married with a wife, maybe a kid by now. And then... (laughs) <laughs> and so I've got, yeah, three in a bed and little one said, do me. <laughs> I was a little one, a little yeah. tacker. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, far, well, there you go, eh? Not, not all panned out in the show, but it seems it'll be you know, working out for you now, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going all right. Well, comedy's still still floating around and I've got a few other things going in the limelight. Uh, still single as buggery. Uh, don't think that's going to change any time soon. So it's tools down. You've hung up the roll doors and... 
<laughs> Looking, you got, you got a. I just got a Mustang and I saw Richie at, uh, down at Coogee. <laughs> so I yelled out, Richie, and he goes, yeah. hey, you're going to put the bloody roller yeah. doors on that thing. Mate, it's the loudest car. It's like it's, it's you do a T. It's like you can't you can't be in and around it without noticing it. Just like you, mate, you walk at the pub, it's the first voice you hear. Mate, so I suit you. But, um, yeah, I was baffled where you're going to put the roller doors. So it looks boot. like, mate, yeah, yeah we got plenty of room for, for a mic in the, in the Mustang. So that, that's you, We do mate. a carpool karaoke on the way home. Yeah. But, uh. Mate, there's been like I've been seeing you, mate. You're a social butterfly these days. You're always at all kinds of functions. Just re- recently did uh, what the city to surf. Yeah, you know, but you're putting your, your celebrity good use, bunch of charities as well, mate. Yeah, I've uh, loved that. You, you're keeping yourself busy. Well, the main two are close to me are Buy Bale, yeah. obviously with um with the farmers. That's very close, living down on the farm and stuff. And obviously they're as Aussie as Ocker as they can be. So we all need to help those. And the other one's MND, which is motor neurone syndrome, which my nan died of, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible disease. So anything for that, I like to get behind that and um, and help out. But any charity alone, I've, anything with kids and stuff, I always to put my hand forward. Yeah, I've got a brain cancer one coming up with um, uh, the annual uh, gala ball, a brain cancer gala, and Johnny Ruffo's hosting that. As you know, he was on Home and Away and stuff, and he's had a um, he's battling brain cancer at the moment, doing very well with it as well. And um, so I've got that coming up, and I had no one to take. So I had I had no obviously I got a plus one and everyone just thinks Ryan's got a bloody got a girlfriend yeah. which he, which he doesn't and um this is having a plus one anyway this kid contacted the bartender from Adelaide <laughs> Melbourne <laughs> no we we still talk no we don't I don't know I'm sure she's doing well she was well when I, when I left she was I <laughs> <laughs> just you know she was alive um so and um. Yeah, this kid sent me a message uh, and said, oh, can you do a shout-out for this uh, for my friend? She died of brain cancer, and this is like a GoFundMe thing. And I said, mate, I get asked for about five of these a day. I said, if I do one, I could do all of them. Yeah. And I said, it's just going to be full on. I said, look, but I will walk it with you. He's doing a walk for 16Ks. Yeah. I said, I'll do that for you. And I said, how about you come as my plus one to the brain cancer thing? Yeah. He's only 18, kid, and he's, yeah, I'm going to get him a suit, so he's coming with me now. He's my plus one. There you go. Which is, um, yeah, we, I might even get a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, like it's good though. It's great to see that you know a lot of people they get some you know celebrity stardom dumped on their lap pretty quick. But it's good to see you put it oh, you know to, to positive, to good use. You know you're putting it out there. You, you like like you said. Yeah, you um you help it out some good charities. I mean that kid's gonna be stoked. What you know going, going to the gala, doing the walk with him. It's um I, I guess not not everybody opts to to, to use their, their their new new sound their newfound status. You know, in in a positive light, but mate, it's good to see. You. I know you've always been that way. You've always been a, you know, a, you know, had a huge heart, and uh, mate, yeah, it's good to see it's that it hasn't changed, mate. <laughs> Give and take. <laughs> yeah, thanks God, you gave me a big heart and a small dick. Thank you, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate. Uh, also, we've seen, um, mate. It's been your comedy's caught a little bit of flack as well. I heard on on a bit of a radio. Uh, show up and it's in Brisbane or something? Or, no, or it was Sydney. Si- it was a Sydney. It's a Sydney, but you wouldn't have heard of it because it's that bad. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, this rating's a lot better than theirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. It was Emma Rossiano and, um, and Grant and Ed. Yeah. Grant is a lovely guy. I get along really well. I, I love Grant Daniel. He's an absolute champion. But And Ed Cavalier, I'm sure, is nice too. But Emma Rossiano, God, she's, um, she was just so bloody just nasty. She's like, when we're off air... For talk, talking about comedy, oh, you're doing really well, all this stuff. And then as soon as we go in there, she just attacks me. Yeah, right. And like my manager said, it was just clickbait. She did it so it got them ratings. They wanted people to, to read the article. I don't understand that, though. Like, Neither all, do I. Mate, I wouldn't. You if wouldn't. If someone's given an opportunity and, and you know, taking it by both hands and, and giving it a nudge, well, know, the thing all, was, all, all, the, all the best to them. There's just but, no like, point in hating that, um, 
they might be jumping the queue in terms of not putting the years in and what no. or whatnot. But like, mate, the balls to go out and do that without is, is enough. Like Christ, it's not an easy thing to do, and that's why not many people do it. Yeah. Like to do public speaking alone, but also to get them to laugh and interact with you, it's it's a bloody difficult thing. Mate, I um. Well, I'll, give, I'll give a lot of things a nudge, but I'll be petrified of going out on stage. Uh, Have you done the same mic. thing? Like when you go on to fight, imagine you could easily pull out before you do it because you're that nervous, but mm. you force yourself to do it. And the way I've said it is when you're 80 years old and looking back, if I live that long, uh, when you're looking back and you think, I didn't do that, you'd be so down yourself. So I pushed myself to do it. And you'd yeah. be the exact same. It's, it's a lot easier to walk away. Not- Mm. A lot easier to walk away than go out and do it. I'm nervous before every show. Like I, everyone gets nervous, and that's because it means something to me. Yeah. But the way, like she, she obviously came off. Not many people know where she said, "Oh, but you just come off uh, Married at First Sight, and now you think you're a comedian." She was on Australian Idol, and mm. that's when she started on comedy straight after that. She did the same bloody thing. And when I said that to her, she said, "Oh, but I was a performer." What the bloody hell does that matter? Yeah, well, I'm a, now a performer. I'm mean, performing, still in role dolls. That's it's a difference. Right. I was a bloody shutter but performer. I'd imagine comedy is just like, like. Any kind of other art, you know. So, what I find funny, you may not find funny, and the next bloke might not find it. But it's just so, um, you know, subjective. So, who's to say that yours is funny and hers is not, or hers is funny and yours is exactly like? Right. It's just you want to call yourself a comedian, go for it, go on stage, lay on the line, and, and then um, if they don't, like I don't it. think anyone should say what is funny, what it's not funny, because like I said, it's it's so subjective, and um, for someone to get, I don't know, a be in their bonnet about someone, someone else, you know, make, making the most of an opportunity, mm. you know. The, um, it's weird, but I would have thought there would be a bit more more support for someone who's come from a similar background in a way. You know, they there's got a, used a bit of a celebrity. You there's know. a good old saying, and it's those who wish success on others become successful, and those that don't never do. Yeah. And that's why their ratings are dreadful. I wish Green had his own show because he deserves one. He's a legend. And Ed, I'm sure he's too, but he sort of had a great day too. But I still it caught like me it. by surprise when I, when, I, when I saw that. So, yeah. So I was thought. I when I was on there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, oh, crap. But uh, it happened, and uh, I moved on. The best thing is you don't you don't fight uh, fight back. I sent her a message after it saying what you just did to me was about as low as a penguin's dick, and she wrote back, "Grow up." <laughs> so <laughs> you grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bugger him. Hope she, yeah, I don't know how she's still on the radio. To the truth, if you're listening, Em, love you. Uh, well, I mean, it's all it's part and parcel. Yeah, you know, when you you do have a bit of success and you, and you put yourself out there it's uh, it's bound to I can also see why people get the shits with reality TV people though because they come from just nothing and they just they're doing nothing really and they've worked their ass off to become an actress actor or whatever I can see where that's coming but at the same time it's entertainment and that's what people like and the people that didn't really have a personality to go on with it have just faded back and they're happy to do so but I mean I've, I've always as you know I've always been the larrikin dickhead I've loved entertaining people and I've always loved being the centre of attention and if I can get paid for it, why wouldn't I? I've sort of been practicing for years, you know. <laughs> so I mean, why not? And it just suits me to a T. I, I bloody love what I do. Well, like you said you're out the roll door now. You know, yeah. you've come out, and I love you know, it. you're doing what you love. You can actually. I literally, be- when I'm on that stage, I'm so bloody happy. I'm, I'm just at where exactly where I want to be. I love it. When I'm on TV, like the footy show I was doing, the Bo Ryan thing, same thing. I wasn't nervous. I was just adrenaline. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think that is probably from someone who doesn't have that natural like comfort on stage it can be almost the hardest thing to acquire as a comedian or any kind of actor or stage performer Same is to get is to get you know that that level of comfort and just being relaxed on that stage if you've already got that and now you've, now you've got to develop the craft and you know you, you, your performance yeah but like it yeah that's probably I, I would imagine that's the hardest thing Memory to accomplish jokes. that's the hardest but at the same time they reckon doing stand-up comedy is the same fear as death and I can imagine why. Yeah, right. I, I just remember the first time I walked out there, and now I look back and think, what the bloody hell did you do that for? <laughs> like, it was a very hard thing to do. Same with walking down that aisle. 
Like it was, it was the same thing. But I mean, if you don't do these things, you're gonna look back and regret it. I don't want to regret anything. I want to do everything now. That's why I'm doing as much. Like I've done stand up comedy. I've done reality TV. My next thing I want to do, I don't, I don't know. I want to get on TV. Maybe have a show. Um, I want to do maybe hosting, entertaining. I just, I don't know what I want to do yet, but it's, it's going to be entertaining. I just love doing it, and I won't stop until I do. Well. It sounds like uh, opportunities will become knocker, mate, now that you know, you're out there. I'll kick the door uh, down. From what I hear, the shows have been successful too, or your stand-up yeah. tour. They've been sellouts sold out. and, um, well, yeah, well, what more, what more do you need? Only because of, uh, the Royal Wedding was on that night, I think, or because I'm shit, one or the other. Uh, the Royal Wedding was amazing, mate. You missed out, um, to be honest. I, I, can't, I can't argue. I watched uh, a ranger and another chick get together, another bloke get together, <laughs> and that was Dean and uh, Davina, and I'm not interested in seeing another oh, one. Oh, yeah, just, just no crowns and no queens involved. <laughs> she thought she was. Yeah. <laughs> well, mate, what's um, what's in the future? I know you're, you, you've got a lot you know, of potential opportunities in the pipeline, but uh, first off the ranch, you're off to Bali with Dean. You're, yeah, we're going uh, over to Bali. We're doing a bit, but I, I've just signed with the new management stage addiction. And um, Shane and Ben, and they've been really good, and they've opened up a few more doors for me, which we're in the process of doing now. Um, so we're um, hopefully going to get into either TV or maybe another show. I'm not sure yet. So there's a few things. We've got a few jumbled up in the air, whether we take one or not, I don't know yet. Yeah. As for comedy, like I've got no idea how it works. If you're like a budding, you know, uh you know, aspiring comedian what's how, how do you stay busy how do you stay active do you just stand up open mic nights or yeah. do you just start to get like a little bit of a profile and then just you can gig after well. gig after gig are you looking at trying to get as many gigs as possible to be a really good comedian you need to do about three a week four a week so you so just need to f- continuously keep doing it That's and, ha- and how often would you bring in new material um every six well whenever you, if you do your own tour yeah you can't use the same stuff for the next one because obviously people buy tickets from your last tour to go, then they don't want to see the same act you've already done. Yeah, yeah. But if you are just going around doing openings or 10 minutes and stuff, you can use the same jokes until you, you do a main tour. I've already done a main tour, so I've had to write new jokes, which I've been doing, and um, I've been testing them at night nights. So I've been going all right. Yeah, right. So yep. been, you well. mentioned earlier that you've been sort of like writing jokes way before mm. Made at First Sight. Give me notes. That's it. So you've always had like a little stockpile. Yeah, whenever I'm driving and I just think of something funny, I just write it in my notes. The worst thing was when you used to lose a phone. <laughs> the worst thing was I, I'd written, I reckon, about six minutes, seven minutes worth of jokes and in my notes, and when I was driving, I thought of another one. I was pulled over, of course. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I pushed something that deleted the whole lot. Oh, I was, I was gold. ropeable. Gold. <laughs> but just start again. So I've, Yeah, I've, I had all the other ones as well, but that was that were good ones too. That was some good shit, and I, uh, I've lost it. Mate, you still searching for a wife or what? Is the quest for love still... Uh... It's, it's what led you here, really. You, you know, know what? The, it was. Is that you still out there for Mrs. Wright? You know what the funny thing is? You, you what you did is exactly what I wish I did. I had a chick where I was too wild, and we ended up splitting up because I just couldn't stick. Couldn't obviously keep myself together because I was still in that. What do you call? It? What would you call it? I don't know. Um, uh, oh, it's just a grown up phase, isn't it? It's just like yeah, thinking no, life's got no. I don't know. Well, what is it then? Wild fight. Yeah, but you hadn't grown up. So I hadn't grown yeah. up yet, really. And and she couldn't hang around for that long. We'll do her for three years. And um, it's now been four years. And I thought, me, I've settled down. She won't come back, but she hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky enough, but, Richie, that did happen. Yeah, well, you got to do that. you got to... She's know. engaged now, which doesn't help. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a bit of a bugger. But, uh, yeah, that happens, it, I guess. <laughs> well, I think if you want to go, go go off the rails for a bit, it's better to do it you know, in your 20s. That's right. Well, uh, I guess 
whatever may happen. The you know you know you sort of still just a kid, you know. Well, rather than that, doing your fifties when you're all forties or wherever it may be. And what age did you hit when you settled down? Well, well, mate. To be honest, for me, it was it was taking fighting professionally. So I was towards the end of my twenties that I, I really want to give crack yeah. of uh, you know mixed martial arts, and and that just didn't didn't couple with partying and yeah. getting blind drunk every weekend and carrying on getting in trouble. So yeah, that was a huge. That's why I, I speak so highly of, my, of martial arts because mm. the influence of my life uh, was it was it was great. Um, and then of course that you know, eventually led to me and the old, the old flame reconnecting, and now we you know we're married with kids. So. Mine was Davina. <laughs> 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 no, I'd settled down before. Yeah. I actually, I, I, because I, I used to love it going on the drinking every weekend. I'd from Friday to Sunday blind drunk every time, yeah. and then during the week have a few as well. But what actually changed for me, and I've, I've never really said anything, was um, I went on anxiety meds because I've always had anxiety since I was a kid, and I started, um, I started taking the medication two years ago, and we on it you can't drink really, so I gave up drinking for a year, and it was the best thing I ever did, and yeah. I'm still on them now, but I've now learnt how you, know, you can sort of have a couple and and sort of and and still take it. And that's I mean it changed my life going on those things, and I've I've never looked back. So I'd, I'd prefer to feel the way I do and not drink, rather than drink and party and feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a big change in my life, and that was when I was yeah twenty eight, pretty much the same as when you did twenty six, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, you need to grow up eventually anyway. Bugger me, dead. I don't want to do it anymore. I go out and I'm tired as anything, and everyone's eighteen. Yeah. Not that that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know, I know, like back then, you you know, it wasn't it wasn't bringing too many positive things in in or not into my life and i know we we're working together at the time and you were having a few dramas yeah. you know through uh getting on the piss too much so, so it just comes to a point Beck, you're working for me actually yes yeah, around the time yeah but uh it comes to a point where you've all got to grow up and start to reevaluate what you want you know which way you want to head actually i think didn't i move to queensland yeah, with a little, with a little, uh, with the British Bulldog. Yeah, that was that was yeah that was it. Well, that was when I, went, I got back with her. Eventually, we got back, and then it just ruined again. But yeah, that was then. So you were yeah. There you go, bugging me dead. It all happens for a reason. Richie down the beach is very well known. If you know him, then you. Yeah, if a lot of people, you got the people down the beach. He's one of the ones that even people his age look up to. He's done a lot with himself. Should be very proud of himself. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <Bob. laughs> yeah, well, should be. So you, you keep yourself fit. I know we used to be a bit of Muay Thai back in the day, but a trainer, you, you, do you get, get a chance to get in the water, train, do much else? Or is it just celebrity gigs, mate, these days, 24-7? I still train, but I um, not like when you used to train. <laughs> that was bullshit. Oh, and sprawl. I <laughs> uh, didn't throw up, but I was bloody close to it. I remember it very well. If I could have decked you, I would have. <laughs> I knew I would have got one back. But that was uh, – no, Rich used to train me doing um, – Doing a well, his UFC bit of mixed martial arts there, and that was uh, we did that for about oh shit three or four months, and then I pissed off up to Queensland. So, I, but that was that was a lot of fun. Pursuit of love, yeah. Queensland again, which went ass up, lost like my marriage. <laughs> Dean wasn't involved in that one. <laughs> if you go out on stage with a with a joke, you think it's going to be a cracker, and you, you put it out there, and it's crickets. It's do, you, do you do you persist with that joke? Do you nah. believe this is going to be a doozy? You only find out it's it was crickets. just the wrong crowd. It was the wrong crowd. I want to keep going on this one. No, nah, you only find out it's crickets when the punchline. If it goes, there, you go, well, that went shit, didn't it? And then they laugh anyway. So you can pick up on it. I actually um, did my show in Sydney, uh, my first show of the tour. So my manager went out with a few friends that came to watch and got blind at five thirty in the morning. Didn't slept for about oh, two hours. Woke up, missed our flight. Uh, he somehow rang Virgin Con him into giving us two more and uh, we got there they closed the airport so I couldn't fly out till two and when we landed it was 45 minutes for all we were supposed to go on stage went there I walked into the room in track pants 
everyone was already seated. I was like, walked out the back, didn't write my cheat notes, nothing. Threw on whatever, walked on, hadn't rehearsed, went straight on, was halfway through a joke, forgot it. And um, I just said, you know, it would have been really good with that joke, but I didn't fucking forget it. And they all laughed, and I moved on. So, oh, you can have fun, and even if someone does it, you just start picking on them. <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you like hecklers? Or do you, are you someone like a Rodney Rude who just roast hecklers? Yeah, well, I had a bloke in that same show yelled out, is Davina coming? And I mm. said, not when I'm on top of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she didn't. But, <laughs> but because you've, you've come on stage with the profile, obviously, through the show, and I, I imagine a lot of the crowd would know who you are, you know, the show that you've been on. They must have ammo just sitting there waiting to, waiting to throw stuff at you, at you. Yeah, but in saying that, on the show, most of them are female audience. A lot of, so 90% of the crowd, I think there was one crowd there I had four guys. Like, yeah. And usually it's between four and ten. Like, there's not many. The rest is women. Like you'll have 500 in there and there'll be four blokes. But yeah. you got to. that's the other thing, though. I've really got to watch my jokes because it's a female crowd. And the thing is, they're not there to see Ryan, the comedian. They're to see Ryan from Married at First Sight. So you got to, they're not, they're not used to comedy. So they're not as witty or, or really... Get it. So you've got to sort of they've evaluate that. They're a fan of you off the show, not a fan of comedy. They're not coming right. to see Carl Barron or something. They're exactly just like, right. So what me man Last or a bonus. If all fails, just take your shirt off. And if that fails, take your pants off. <laughs> 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 Bring it straight back. Um, but no, I've never, had, I've never had a bad show. I had one in Perth where I did that chick that snatched me the notes at the end of it. That was a really bloody good show. And then the one after it was a bit dull. It's real weird. You can now have one it. same jokes, just different crowd. It's 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 weird. But I haven't had a real bad show yet. Any um any weird. like aggressive, abusive hecklers? Um, no, not that I know of. Not that I can if I would recall if they did. Oh, I had one called uh, Debbie from uh, that was in Adelaide, and um, my the MC before I went out to. Beyond, I could hear them yelling at each other. I was like, "Shit, here we go!" When I get out there, and you've, then you've got a live one in the crowd. Yeah, but then they were, when I looked, walked out, they looked like they were. Uh, how do you describe it? Looked like they were. Uh, <laughs> looked like they drove trucks for a living. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so yeah. bad. They were. Uh, they were on the butch side. Yeah. And um, anyway, Sharon. Uh, sorry, uh, Debbie decided to have a crack. And I, I, I know when I first walked out, I said, which one's Debbie? And I found her straight away. And then one of her friends yelled out and I said, who are you? And she goes, I'm Sharon. I'm like, are you Sharon or Sharon? I was trying to make it bloody posh. It was Sharon. She looked like a Shazza. But she called herself Sharon. So I built on that for a while. And that was good material. But uh, yeah, I've never really had, I've had people that are pissed. And you can sort of, I've got plenty of comebacks. So I'm glad you came, wish your father hadn't, and, and all that yeah. business. Like, you can, you can always get them. And there's another one. The joke that I used, which was about Dav at the start, was um, look, um, she actually wasn't too bad. She was a bit of a babe. You've seen the movie. <laughs> and uh, that got wrote up as being pretty bad. And so I you get a bit of flack for that one. Critics. Yeah. Well, well no, because I had at my show in Melbourne, my first one. Um, News.com.au and that were there and so they they um and all Daily Mail and all that crap so they were just waiting for me to step out of line and as you know with those people they just write crap straight from the word go um so not your one your one's really good <laughs> um so yeah they I, I expected it and we always did Daily Mail have written some terrible things about me I remember the first time I got interviewed by NW and a bloke called Josh Fox who now works for Daily Mail get along well now. But uh, the first time I interview was 
when the show we just stopped filming and um, he rang me up and they're asking, yes, you ever had an STD? And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I've had two, chlamydia. And and then uh, my Channel 9 kicked him and went, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, crap, I didn't know you because next week, half a page article, Ryan had chlamydia. <laughs> I didn't realise it was like that. So, yeah, that was... Um, Baptism by fire, bro. That was more, learning. More, than weight, more, <laughs> more ways than one. So, yeah, yeah I, was, I told him, I was like, yeah, I was over in America and I was pissing. It was like, oh, and I told him exactly what happened. They printed the whole bloody thing. I had no idea. But I uh, learnt that very quickly and Channel 9 then took me under their wing and told me exactly what not and to not to say. So I uh, yeah, picked keep up on f- that very quick. Keep a few cl- cards close to your Still chest. Still don't. I really yeah. don't care. I'm a, st- I'm a stage. I, get, I tell them everything, mate. Most of my jokes. Well, that's the thing. When I said that one about Dav and, and they sort of had a go at me and she threatened to sue me and uh, sent me a text message saying, if, I, if you say anything more about me, I'm going to take into legal action. I just opened up a whole new more, more jokes. So yeah. I just said when I walked out, uh, Davina's been threatening to sue me and I, I was shocked. Not the fact she was suing me, it's the fact the most attention she's paid me since I've been married. <laughs> so just, just providing more material. Yeah, she did, and I didn't bother writing back to that. But I pay myself out 95% of the show is about me and how shit my dating life is or how poor we grew up or bloody any of that crap. So. I, um, can you sue someone from a comedy sketch? Like from a, from a stand up comedy? Is it. Has that been done before? Uh, defamation, but the only way you can do it is if they lose money out of working or something, which she didn't. But the other thing, if, if she had gone into a mental uh, psych ward or something, that's when it really goes oh, bad. Oh, okay. Is you, well, what you don't know, but if people, my manager taught me this one, if you see celebrities go into psych wards or rehabs, it's why they do it is because media can't touch them. You can no longer print anything about them having a go, otherwise yeah. it can then backfire on you. That's why they do it. So there was a bloke who was um, riding a motorbike nude down a street, pissed off his head in Queensland. I can't remember one of the sportsmen's up there, and um, and that straight in caught, rehab. Yeah, he got caught by police, and they put him straight in rehab, and they never printed it, so you never heard about it. So it's that's a little fun. Okay, thing. that little card in your pocket, yeah, mate. So you go, I'll just sit up there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Meth. <laughs> plenty, plenty of motorbikes in Bali too. Oh, I've done that. All you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, remember my, I can't wait. I can't see what comes out of this trip. Whenever I go to the shops and my bank card, and I'm like, oh, sorry, my bank card's bugging. That was eight months ago in Bali. Oh, no, would have been before the show. So 12 months ago in Bali, and I um, stacked a scooter and landed on my ass, and that was in my pocket. Still broken. I still haven't got a new one. Who needs it? Paywave doesn't work. My ass cheek's still got the imprint of the Paywave on the only right one. Mate, um, the whole, like we mentioned, the quest for love, it's actually uh, aligned you with another pretty high-profile high profile. <laughs> Um, oh, on, on another uh, quest love herself been rumours that you're, you're hanging out with Sophie Monk who is you know, a bit of a an Aussie icon who's had a tough tough run of the whole love business mate where's that are you just good mates or is it just a bit of a media beat up uh, look the media really overdid it a bit um, Sophie and I talk we're good mates yeah we, um, but they, they blew it up a bit too much and I don't know it got leaked I don't know who leaked it it was my words that said it yeah. I just don't know who the bloody hell did it so that's the hardest thing and that's the weirdest thing about after the show is that people you can and can't trust but we um, it got leaked that we were talking and, and talking as much as we were and, and it, um, to be honest I reckon I told 10 people and I don't know who the bloody hell so it was word for word like exactly what I'd said and I just I don't know who it is I just so- that's a whole other element now that you've got to deal with and live with, really. Like Tinder, whatever you say, it. yeah, right. And they sell it. They do. I've had two two Daily Mail things about me Tinder, but the worst, best thing is, it's I don't put me Instagram anything with it, so it looks fake. <laughs> so I'm just like, nah, it's not me. Now they know it is, but <laughs> who cares? But that would be um, 
Yeah, when I heard that rumor, I thought that's unreal. You know, just I think she's a funny character. Um, With the exact to same. see you get on, I thought, mate, that just I, I, I was totally believable. So when I when I um yeah heard about it, Sophie's I been thought, very good for me, and she she's helped me a lot with um. Like, she, she'll give me, if I ever need advice or anything, asking her is the best person to ask because she's been there, she's done it, mm-hmm. and she's so witty and funny where you can run anything by her if she doesn't laugh and just throw it straight in the bloody bin. And I'll tell you, she's as hard as a bloody, hard as a rock. She, she won't give in unless she knows it's good. Yeah. She'll tell you, she'll go, oh, shit, didn't flinch. I'm like, <laughs> right, oh, this, that one off. Even once, you know what, I've said, I told a joke from on stage which made the whole audience laugh. I'm telling her, she goes, crap, and I went, that's not even my joke. It's Jimmy Carr's. <laughs> and she's like, sure, crap. I'm like, but he was on a bloody Netflix. But uh, she's, yeah, she's tough, but she she's only tough because she's been there and she knows how bloody tough it is. Because the industry alone, like even comedy or her type of thing with TV, there's so much layover where you think, oh, shit, I've got nothing now. And then stuff just comes out of the woodwork. And that's where I am now. There's a lot of stuff that's been offered and, and stuff and thrown up in the air, but we, I don't know which one I want to take, and 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 whether it's it's a hundred percent or anything. And it's pretty bloody stressful. So she's um yeah she's a good friend of mine, and and we um she's able to yeah I I, I like having her there to be able to talk about those type of things. But as far as uh, getting married, no, we're not. Nah, not <laughs> season six, married first sight. Yeah, <laughs> she might be going. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, no, she's lovely. She's a good friend of mine, and uh, we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> mate, I uh, yeah, no, I uh, I laugh when I when I just saw a headline saying something like that. I thought, mate, for sure, that's just like I, I could just imagine you two. Like, I don't know, so you know, imagine there's two personalities. Yeah, we'll just get like a house on fire, mate. So I tell it's great that she's so been able to, you know, uh, you know provide a little bit of that support yeah. and guidance through it someone you know like she's been through it before she's a just a bit of a good old Aussie larrikin herself so. that's how she sells herself and that's what mm. she's done and that's what I am as well and that's same as Honey Badger look at listen what he said talks like mm. same thing he's he played football but he's he stood out because he, he had a personality and that's yeah. the same as her same as mine it's Aussie is buggery and it's and it's witty and it's fun and, and it lights up a room and that's and that's what she does whenever I'm on the phone to her she just lights you up like she makes you I don't know feel happy mm. like she's um She's just got that about her, and that's what people want. That's why she's so good for TV. She go. brings happiness and, and sort of uh, opens the room up. So it could be a potential no, show no Gallagher Monk babies though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, thanks, mate. Like like I was saying, I was I was watching your season of Married at First Sight just through the iPhone with the missus on the couch. Yeah, when our daughter headphone went to sleep. one Yeah, exactly, one headphone each, and I was watching it. And it was we we're always a bit behind the times too, so we we're probably like you know a few weeks behind. And I was just wondering, with all the drama that was happening in the show, what the media attention was like about like what you know the, the drama with Davina and Dean and how you know I thought you were coming across pretty well. I was wondering how the general public was viewing it and what it was like, what the the general news and the media was responding to it all. A lot of the. Um media and stuff that actually came out about it wasn't actually about the show. It was more about people behind the scenes of what they'd done previously in their lives. So there's Tracy's coming out where she, they've given a pamphlet about her being an escort and um, uh, Telv had some girl come out about him going off at her or something. Sean came out about a girl saying that he'd left her to go on the show. I mean, a lot of nudes. Telv came out a uh, video of him doing coke off a stripper's bum. Um, that was the main stuff Stop making standard. the media. With reality stars, they like to negative on like when you want to do something positive with your life after it they're always going to nail you for it until you do it and then they're like oh you did it now i'm not going to say anything but yeah, like clickbait then, like you were saying before clickbait that is one yeah so they 
they don't people and it's same with the public they don't like reality stars doing something that like with a career they want you to come piss off mm-hmm. it's as simple as that and that's what sort of I've seen but now I've, I've sort of gone into comedy and I've done it it's sort of starting to build on that as Ryan from comedy not Ryan from maths which is what I wanted um, but there, there was, yeah with the media they, they like to spruce stories up a bit more than what they are but it's a lot more of the the stuff we did in the previous things like nudes and stuff like that I, I had a few dick pics floating around but I, I don't think they came forward which is very unfortunate oh, that's <laughs> not, not, a, not a good rap for your dick no but obviously they weren't good enough <laughs> It's too small that to zoom too far for the yeah. camera and didn't but, work. I was wondering with all the drama, you know, the I guess the infidelity about you know partners trying to swap. Mm. Was there any backlash from you know media and the public in general while the show was going to air? Because like I said, while I was behind the times when I was watching and I wasn't listening, I wasn't watching the news. I didn't have a TV at home at the time, so I wasn't catching up with what was I going know, you're on. You're Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was Rich early. The Jew. <laughs> Early days of fatherhood, mate. No noise when the little one's down. So everyone was, was shut off. So I, I was just interested. Going, I wonder how Ryan's you know, being perceived by, you know. Yeah, the, everyone was. Because yeah. they knew what I'm like. The, the worst backlash was actually before the show started. That was Dean's ad. Right. It was him sitting in a chair saying, look, I'm just sick of guys being whipped and I, girls need to obey their man. And that, that they it had... Isn't honour and obey is like what's in the... But um, he never said obey. <laughs> they just put in big words behind him. And poor bastard never even said it. But he just said, I'm sick of girls, like they need to just, like the man needs to be in charge and stuff. But the way they, man needs to be, like they yeah. made it sound like so bad. Editing was amazing. And um, they were having like 500 phone calls a day to Channel 9 in the, in the reception saying cancel the show. Wow. Please cancel it. Complaints, complaints, complaints. Yeah. But isn't that funny how that, like, I always, you know, I've always grown up and I hear wedding vows and it's always, you know, the, the, the classic honour and obey. And you say it and you just don't think twice about it. But now you say, like, you've just said it. You're like, wow, people could take that. So, yeah, when you get home, say, listen, Luce, like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought about you're it. obeying what I'm, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm trying to say here. When you asked me to do the dishes the other night, no. Yeah. <laughs> But it's something that we've become so familiar with in those vows. Yeah. But now you say it, and like it, and of course, no one expects anyone to obey, it, especially yeah, in, in, a, in, a, in a marriage. Like it's just, it's uh, it's funny how that the, they can twist it. If anything, we have to obey. Absolutely. <laughs> these days. Mate, what time is it? I'm going to be answering. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks I'm a golf. Yeah. <laughs> no drinks with Ryan. If anyone yeah. says the misses there with Ryan, they're not allowed to go. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, nah, it was. Look, the media. The best thing about it is when the media come out, I've actually got to know a lot of the media. So the worst thing was with that SOF thing was how um, the, the a girl I knew from NW actually printed the story and sold it to all other things. And she's a, supposed to be a friend of mine, but you realise who your real friends are with... I mean, she's got, got a job to do, but she lied to me and said that she didn't actually do it, and she did, and now we don't talk. But it's 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 sort of a... I, I, I'm too nice where I'm, I, I become friends with everyone. I don't see it for what it is. And I always take everyone on board if they're nice to you. I'm nice to them and you're sort of... And I'm too oblivious to Face know. Face value. Yeah, you're too oblivious to know. So I'm not, I'm not good for this industry because I, I talk to everyone normal and I, anyone that comes in, I trust them and I, I talk to them when they... They might have a tape recorder on them. Mm. I was with the with Dean and the mayor of um, Surface Paradise or the Gold Coast and he, um, we're having a beer at the, uh, the Logie's nominations where we got nominated mm. for a Logie. And we'll stand there, and he goes, "When we come, when you come up for the logies, we're going to the strippers." And um, and his wife goes, "Oh, what are you doing, Tom?" And she goes, "Hey, they're voters too." <laughs> that was recorded by another woman just behind us with a thing in her pocket, and they printed it in a bloody newspaper. The mayor got pinched. Well, 
what he said wasn't bad because they are voters. That's if they vote or pay taxes. But they probably don't. <laughs> in the environment which was said, you're having a laugh, you know, you can just, it's, it's crazy how. That was that was a wake up. A little wake up call or what, yeah, whatever you say. plenty of it, man. Like, a lot of them, oh, I remember at the uh, NRL, you, NRL yeah. uh, launch, we went yeah. there and this woman came up, she goes, oh, I'm such and such from the Daily Mail. And all of us just went boom and just walked yeah. off like we had nothing to do with them. If someone was to hear that conversation, obviously, it would get so taken out of context. Just ask with, me, with, no, but with the, the, the mayor of the Gold Coast, like he's sitting next to his wife, yeah. he's, he's having a laugh with a few young fellas, and he says a little comment in that context. And his know, wife's there, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a joke. And then, yeah, but then when you hear it printed in a, t- in a newspaper, it sounds totally his wife different. He read it and went, You bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Let me think. Oh, I was next to you. Yeah, now I remember it. Now, yeah, okay. No, still you're, a bastard. Yeah. I'm still angry because all women are. Yeah, no, it's pretty well. Well, there you go. I guess it's. Um, it's it can be a pretty rough ride if you yeah you, know, you can you know, you're heading off that journey to a you know celebrity and stand up comedy and other shows I mean you have to I guess have to wisen up to whatever you do so you be careful of who you say to, who who you who you're around when you say it it's, like, it, it know, sounds me, like a pretty cutthroat world I'm pretty open so I tell everyone everything about me but when it comes to like other people and stuff and it's it's hard because I talk about me so much I don't give a shit but my manager who picked me after I've been on the show and took me for comedy he's a comedian he um he'd never managed anyone before mm. so he had me for comedy but had never had anyone with the like because obviously what we were going through was a lot but we'd had much more than comedy we'd have training before we were on the show where they put us through all the stuff and told us how to handle everything you're going to have bullies you're going to have online you're going to have all that crap you're going to have stories so we knew but he didn't mm. I had a story written after the first show saying I was a homophobe labelled a homophobe by NASA and I'm the furthest from a homophobe that I've got a lot of gay friends very close doesn't bother me one bit I don't give a fuck what anyone's doesn't bother me and um uh, that was hard and he was sending me messages going this is bad this is real bad I'm like mate please just we know it's fine it's fine and then another one would come out and he's stressing and I'm like mate just please just listen to me like don't stress and um, he couldn't handle it that's why we ended up splitting up I ended up getting new management because he knew how to do comedy but he couldn't handle the press or the, the stress of what comes with it because it, it, a normal person going into it it's, it's a very big thing to just hit in the face like a truck mm. it's like an online bullying every freaking day for about three months now I don't cop it, but you're always being judged no matter what you do. I've got to get thick, thick skin pretty quick. Yeah, I can't walk down the street nude anymore. Bugger up. It's just <laughs> bloody dreadful. I used to walk down the road get bloody paper nude mug boots. Now I can't do that. What a shame. Shame for the public. Shame for the, the news agency, eh? I love when I say something like that. Rich just leans back and goes, oh, shit, where do we go from here? <laughs> like, where do we go from the fucking... Uh, being nude in the news agency, I can't even say it. <laughs> It's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's quite a mouthful. <laughs> Just get the paper and uh, three dollars worth of red frogs, thanks. I wrote the paper in. Three dollars of red frogs. Yeah, the ones at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. We might have to uh, might have to get back in studio, mate. After barley, sounds like it's a, it's a pretty uh, event, a, eventful week you've got planned. But mate, it's always good coming in, catching up, and hearing all about you know the whole. Crazy life that uh, you know is married at first sight and what's come of it, mate. Oh, congratulations on, on kicking on with your comedy tour and making the most of uh, the opportunities that have come your way. So thanks for giving us your time, mate, and coming in the studio, having a beer and a laugh. I think so. I've been great to have a beer again. We haven't had a beer in that bloody long, so <laughs> it was good to sit down and have a yarn and come back whenever you want me to, mate. Thank you. No worries. Who root? Thanks, folks.